following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, March 6, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Let's give them a little applause. And I also want to say special thanks to one of our longest standing regulars, who is always my right hand person and helper, Joan, is with us tonight also. Tonight's show, as always, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo material. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We will watch the new episode together and rate the episode between 1 to 10, 1 being, oh my God, this is filthy, get it out of here, 10 being, this is perfect, please more, and we will also give commentary during the commercial breaks. We will also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our reactions, discussions, and comments to be just about the show that is presented to us. Welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 11 in the second third of season 11, followed by The Talking Dead. I was telling you around 11 p.m., but they're not extending it as much as they had been in recent seasons. So Talking Dead will probably be on approximately 10 p.m. immediately following the new episode. Um, Joan, if you are able and willing, if you happen to find out when they say tonight's episode is going to end, then we'll know when Talking Dead is supposed to come. Um, You don't have to, but Joan is often very handy with these sorts of things. So I thought I'd let her know what would be good to have. Uh, Second, Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Episode 9, mid-season premiere, will return immediately following Walking Dead 2nd, 3rd, Season 11, Episode 16, which will air on April 10th. So Fear will return on April 17th. Third, for those who might be a little behind, uh, The World Beyond has ended. And there was a lot in the ending, leaving many doors open for consolidating all the shows together. The thing they said they weren't going to do. I had said they ought to do it. Many fans had said this, and I think they finally figured that out. Okay, number four, pretty much all you guys know, in 2023 now, it was going to be 22, but they got still behind. The fourth series is coming, a thus still unnamed spinoff, fronted by Carol and Daryl. Number five, in summer 2022 will be a fifth show, the sixth season, not season, pardon me, sixth episode anthology tales of the walking dead filming began in january channing powell is showrunner there may be more than one season 
So Scott Gimple says it's possible one of the episodes will feature the full plane crash sequence from World Beyond's pilot episode, Brave. Gimple also hinted at Madison Clark from Fear possibly appearing in an episode. Basically, these are standalone episodes often featuring a particular character from any of the three shows and kind of a profile. It might be a prologue. It could be something else, maybe an epilogue after they wandered off into the sunset, but we don't know what happened. You know, it could be lots of things. There is also a rumor that Samantha Morton, who played Alpha, might get an episode. Um, Also, Sonequa Martin-Green, who portrayed Sasha Williams, expressed her episode or her interest in returning for an episode. I'm sorry about my stumble mouth tonight. Um, other cast members may include Terry Crews, Anthony Edwards, Parker Posey, Poppy Liu, Jillian Bell, and Daniela Pineda. Uh, there was a tweet about that. Um, who was it? Oh, it was from Entertainment Weekly concerning this. Dead in the Water. Uh, project number six, that's the Fear Webisodes mini prologue. First rumored in March 2021, the digital exclusive webisode series tells the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear. Still no further details have been posted since fall 2021. Um, second project, if you're willing, Joan, if you don't mind hopping onto YouTube and see if they actually ever completed that. Again, the show is supposed to be called Dead in the Water, and it's about the USS Pennsylvania. Um, there's been some other shows that have mentioned, you know, something along, oh, God, what was it? What was this, the Star Trek one that was animated, and it was kind of a satire, Lower Decks or something? They were talking about a Lower Decks-style thing for, for Walking Dead, like any of the universes. I'm not really sure exactly what they're going to do with that. They haven't talked about it anymore, so some of these ideas that sprung up may have started withering on the vine. Uh, Let's see if Joan has anything to add in the chat. Um, She says, Talking Dead is on a 10.08 tonight. It should be a good one. Um, She's mentioned who's in it. I do have that written down, and I'll get to that in a bit. You've listed two names. I have a third name who is not a cast member, but uh, kind of a super fan, and I'll mention that in just a little uh, bit here. All right, so Joan is checking on my second question about um, dead in the water, and let's go on with our notes until she gets a chance to get back to us. Uh, feel free to call in to speak with the host at 914-338-0314. Anytime tonight, you're welcome to call, but we especially encourage you to call between now and 9 p.m. You're welcome to call in during the live TV show, but you'll be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If you really don't like being on the phone, Feel free to join us in our live chat room where you'll be able to listen to the show real time as well as download the episodes after the fact. And we post the link for that on our Facebook page and usually my social media, including Twitter. And if you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go back to the link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Or you can just listen to it on the website, not download it. Just click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page to download. And you can also get this in prior episodes on iTunes. All righty. Checking back in in the chat room. Uh, She said she couldn't remember who the third person was on Talking Dead. That's fine. That's fine. I got you. I will get to that in a bit. Um, Tonight's 
episode is entitled Rogue Element. The official AMC synopsis is the heroes experience. No, 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 no. I didn't. Oh, shoot. Um, This is a synopsis from last week. So I apologize for that. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the extended synopsis. And I think that they will have a copy of the actual synopsis. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in here somewhere. But let me let me go ahead and just read the article for the extended synopsis. And one of these lines is bound to be the thing that I did not save properly. Apologies for that. Um, okay, so this second synopsis is from undeadwalking.com. Uh, Fan cited, which is a part of that. And it's written by Renee Hansen, who I'm not as familiar with writing about The Walking Dead, but that's fine. Um, I do like this site, and they do a good job of being very, very sparing with the spoilers, which is important. All right, so Renee says, in part two of season 11 of The Walking Dead, first two episodes had very different tones. The first was action-packed and tied up some significant cliffhangers, with the second taking place in the Commonwealth as many Alexandria residents acclimate to this society. All right, the Reaper's War is over, but viewers have undoubtedly not seen the last of Leia. She will return at some point, but when and where she will appear is yet to be seen. There have been, has been a flash of her in a teaser video not dressed in her Reaper garb. Um, I did not see that, but we'll see. At the end of uh, Season 11, Episode 9, we saw Lance... Eugene and a group of Commonwealth soldiers descend on Alexandria. Hornsby offers to help get Alexandria repaired and back on its feet while providing a second choice of joining residents at the Commonwealth. Alrighty. By the way, the article mentions this and it's not a secret, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. I was going to tell you this in just a bit in the usual sequence. Director tonight is Michael Cutlitz, and they mention it, so fans know it will be a good one. He has previously directed, oh, they mentioned him. I'm going to just do that when I do his bio. Um, He's directed also a couple episodes on World Beyond. I will get to all that stuff in a bit. Um, From the teaser below, and this has actually been alluded to already in a couple of previous episodes. Um, It's been treated as a spoiler, but it isn't really because we've been talking about it. Stephanie is still missing, and now there's an episode about that. Eugene is concerned. Rosita and another Commonwealth soldier we don't know very well seem to be investigating. Although the soldier resembles somebody that is listed as an unnamed actor, and I'm going to get to him very shortly because somebody Princess mentioned earlier. (laughs) Princess is trying to understand what Eugene is saying, that the government is possibly involved with Stephanie's disappearance. Carol is still aiding Hornsby in her quest to ensure Ezekiel gets his surgery. Connie and Kelly are also investigating something while Mercer gets into a bloody fight, and that's one of the promo photos is Mercer in his orange armor, which is now kind of orange-red and filthy and has viscera all over it. All right. They make a comic reference that I'm going to ignore, and that is the end of the story. So let me get the secondary synopsis. That did not contain the tagline I was looking for. So maybe this one will. If it doesn't, I'm just going to go look it up and find it for you guys. I can read it too. Okay, this one is from comicbook.com, actualcomicbook.com. Cameron Bolomono, a familiar writer for that, Walking Dead. Spoiler goes missing in episode 11 trailer. We know who it is. Okay. What happened to Stephanie? 
That's the question on Eugene's heart and mind in the first look at uh, next Sunday's season 11, episode 11. Making contact with a female voice on the radio, Eugene's group of traveling companions journeyed to the Commonwealth to connect with Stephanie. When his sweetheart radio operator mysteriously goes missing, Eugene and Princess investigate Stephanie's sudden disappearance in Rogue Element. And I'm going to put something out there, Joan, if you know anything about this that maybe I've forgotten. The Stephanie that greeted Eugene, that he thinks is Stephanie, may not be the Stephanie because there was this other woman who was kind of nearby watching, and it was kind of implied that the Stephanie Eugene knows was a front and that the person watching was actually Stephanie. So I don't really understand quite how all this is going. And that part of the plot has kind of been dropped a little bit. And maybe that's the punchline, and that's why they did that, to take attention off of it. All right, so back to the article. If you've ever been in a relationship and you're able to grow in that sense too, I think that's a place that's probably lacking in his life, McDermott said of the lovelorn Eugene during Walking Dead's virtual Comic-Con. I'm hoping that there could be something more there that, so that he's able to grow within the boundaries of being in a relationship. End quote. Though Eugene's romance with Stephanie might not be what it seems, being in a relationship is something he's never really experienced, McDermott said. I'd like to see him move in that direction. I would hope he'd get the chance for that. As Eugene unravels what he suspects is a criminal conspiracy taking him into the darker corners of the Commonwealth, Deputy Governor Lance Hornsby enlists Carol for a ride-along to a drug farm outside the walls. Elsewhere, Connie and Kelly hit a roadblock when investigating the truth about arrested ex-trooper Tyler Davis. Uh, Rogo Elliman is streaming early, blah, blah, blah. We already know that. Let's get back to Joan and see what she said. She's not finding anything. Pardon me a moment. I had a bit of a cough. Don't want to share. I'm not finding anything other than the announcement that there would be a spinoff Dead in the Water David last year. No sign of an actual series of shorts about the damn submarine. Okay, so we know that. I will be back in just a moment. I'm going to tend to this coughing. Okay, I think I've got things under control. Uh, Joan has also added, she's not so sure about the Stephanie question I had. Um, She kind of remembers there being a second woman, but she thought the real Stephanie stepped up as the woman we think she is, if that makes sense. Um, I'm fuzzy as to whether that's what actually happened, and I don't really have the ability to go through like five or six episodes hunting around for it. So... I'm not sure if we can fully definitely answer that question as of yet, but I'm kind of thinking it because I'm wondering if it has to do with her disappearance. 
All right. So anyhow, let me go back to my notes. We are now at writers and directors profiles. It's 847. So we have a tiny bit of time left. Uh, About 13 minutes, roughly. Okay. Tonight's episode is written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. And I'm going to actually go out of my way to mention, because he tweeted a big, big thing about it. Um, Tonight is his last episode of Walking Dead that he's going to be writing. Now, that does not necessarily mean he may not write something for fear, because he has written for fear before, and fear is not done yet. So, anyhow, he has written 14 episodes for Walking Dead Classic, and tonight will be his last one that he's doing for this series. Uh, The director tonight, as I mentioned earlier, is Michael Cutlitz of Abraham fame. So let's do David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick's profile first. He was born October 5th in Mansfield, Ohio. He began writing plays in the second grade and wrote his first screenplay at age 19. Johnson attended Ohio State University in Columbus and graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Photography and Cinema. Currently, Johnson lives in Burbank, California, with his wife, screenwriter Kimberly Kimberly Lofstrom Johnson, and their son, Samuel. Johnson McGoldrick began his career as a production assistant on Frank Darabont's The Shawshank Redemption, which was filmed on location in Johnson's hometown of Mansfield, Ohio, at the historic Mansfield Reformatory, where Johnson's great-grandfather had been a prison guard. Johnson's Johnson spent the next five years as Darabont's assistant, using the opportunity to hone his craft as a screenwriter. He co-wrote the screenplay for the new Aquaman movie that came out back in December 2018, which did so well that as of February 2019, he had been hired to pen the script for the Aquaman sequel, which is due out in 2022. Um, That's another Joan question. Remind me, I've seen clips for this, but did Aquaman actually release yet? We're only in March, so I can't remember. Um, I'm sure we'll find out in a minute. He wrote the script for 2016 sequel, The Conjuring 2, and was brought back to work on current new sequel, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, which was slated for 2021. That may be a fourth request. I don't want to drown Joan and make her mad at me and not want to help anymore. Um, But these are things we might be interested in finding out if that's possible. Um, So David is also listed as a main writer for the Nightmare on Elm Street 2021 reboot. Did not find out if that happened. You know, I may have to go back to people's IMDb listings to get the current dates for a lot of these projects. So many projects were postponed, canceled, pushed around, merged with stuff, all kinds of things. Nothing is really, you know, a lot of these bios I wrote a few months ago, a year ago, got them off the web, and now they're already out of date again. Thank you, Kaved. All righty. So future projects included a Dungeons and Dragons movie that was supposed to come out in November 2021. Don't know its fate. Didn't actually catch its title, but the last time I did a bio for him was over a year ago, so maybe the title's been released by now. Another remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is also slated for this year. David has been involved with Walking Dead since 2011. He's been a long-timer. He started as a writer for Season 2, Episode 5, Chupacabra and has writer's credits for 14 episodes of Walking Dead Classic Before Tonight, the last previous one being season 10 finale, episode 22, Here's Negan. That was his. 
He also has a story by and teleplay by credits for 2017's Season 8, Episode 5, The Big Scary You. And that might be why he tweeted this is his 14th episode. I count that as a writer's credit, so I would say 15, but he can do as he pleases. That's how I want to do them. He has been a consulting producer contiguously since Season 8 in 2017. He still is. He has also written five episodes of Fear to date, two in Season 5, Channel 4, Season 5, Episode 9, and Today and Tomorrow, Episode 14, two in Season 6, The Key, Episode 4, and Handle with Care, Episode 10, and then one more in Season 7, Episode 4, Breathe with Me. Those were his. Checking back to see what Joan has found. Aquaman 2 release date is now December 16th, 2022. All right. I'm going to take just a couple quick seconds here and update the date for that. Let me find Aquaman due out in December 2022. Thank you very much for that. All right. So now I have those notes. And I probably at some point will go back to his IMDb and see if I can clean this up a little. All right, it's 8.52. Let's get to Michael Cutlett. Um, Very familiar name, but let's go ahead and go over his accomplishments. He was born in December uh, 29th in Long Island. He's married to Rachel Cutlett, a television actress. They have two children. He graduated from California Institute of the Arts. He is known for his work on Gross Point Blank in 97, Sex Drive in 2008, and Southland in 2009. Other works. He's appeared in many stage productions. He's a theater dude. Yay, we like that. Including Ring of Steel at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles, Tartuffe, Much Ado About Nothing, Dead Giveaway, Coriolanus, The Cherry Orchard, Bus Stop, The Lion in Winter, Charlie's Aunt, and Summer and Smoke. Michael has over 100 acting credits in TV shows and movies since 89, including work on shows such as 21 Jump Street, L.A. Law, Growing Pains, Dragon, a Bruce Lee movie, ER, Touched by an Angel, NYPD Blue, Home Improvement, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And at one point, I used to have a note of what he did for that because it was one of my favorite shows. Um, Walker, Texas Ranger, Six Feet Under, another favorite of mine. 24, original series, day two, another favorite. Nip Tuck, another favorite, although that's kind of a guilty pleasure show. CSI Miami, <clears throat> and he did the voice of Sergeant Glenn Hawk Hawkins and other miscellaneous characters in video game Call of Duty. Um, also, he did CSI New York, Bones, CSI Original, and many more. He played Abraham Ford, in Walking Dead Classic for 39 episodes, from Inmates, Season 4, Episode 10, to his cameo in What Comes After, Season 9, Episode 5. <clears throat> Tonight will be his fifth time directing in the Walking Dead franchise. It's been really lovely that, since his character was killed off in Season 7, he's had an opportunity to stay with the show in another capacity, and he does very good work. So the other stuff he's directed has been... Uh, Walking Dead Classic Season 9, Episode 7, Stradivarius. Uh, Season 10, Episode 4, Silence the Whisperers. Season 10, Episode 7, Open Your Eyes. Walking Dead World Beyond, 
Season 1, Episode 6, Shadow Puppets. And the fifth is tonight's episode, Season 1, Episode... Oh, pardon me. That was from something else. Um, The fifth is... That's a World Beyond episode. And I didn't relabel it. Pardon, because I originally got these notes from the World Beyond script. Okay, so Season 1, Episode 7... The, sub, the next week after Shadow Puppets was Truth or Dare, and he did that one as well. He has been on The Talking Dead 12 times between 2014 to 2020. Also in 2020 was on a show called Dead Talk Live, a streaming live horror talk show run by John Vizanarius. Okay, that was a big mouthful. All right, it's 8.55. We've got a tiny bit of time left. Let's see what else we can do. We'll start on the trivia. We may not finish it before we need to go on break, but... All right, trivia about tonight's episode, which is the 164th episode ever of Walking Dead Classic. First appearance of the character Roman Calhoun, who's a Commonwealth resident played by actor Michael Turek, T-O-U-R-E-K. First appearance of Jan, who's a Commonwealth resident played by Anish Shep. First appearance of Moto, um, We don't know about Moto, so he's probably some kind of plot point. And he's played by actor William Mark McCullough. This episode marks Josh McDermott's 75th appearance on the series. This marks Angel Theory's 25th appearance on the show. This is the last episode of the TV series written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, as I mentioned. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Quote, Eugene becomes unhinged when he is blindsided and unable to fit the pieces together. Fully invested, Hornsby will be there to to help Eugene should he land in trouble. Connie steps on toes pursuing a Milton story, which is not the Commonwealth way, whatever. Here there are always consequences to your action. That's kind of a stupid line. I'm glad they got rid of it. Um, will Eugene and Connie recognize and respect the clues and rules in their individual searches for the truth? Meanwhile, Carol finds herself outside the Commonwealth walls again. All right, it's 8.57. we got time for a tiny bit more. So co-stars tonight, William Mark McCulloch as Moto, Mary Jean Fenton, F-E-T-O-N, not Fenton, as Old Woman, known as Commonwealth Resident 4, Bruno Rose is comms monitor, Commonwealth Resident 5. Daryl Snediger as hospital trooper, Commonwealth Soldier 5. David E. Collier as logistics officer, Commonwealth Soldier 6. And Carrie Walrond Hood as nurse, Commonwealth Resident 6. Uncredited tonight, Rebecca Ray as Elaine. She's a resident and the ice cream clerk of the Commonwealth, you know, in the little ice cream truck. Jason Fernandez as Livitz, L-I-V-I-T-S. Remember a couple episodes ago when Princess is like, Livitz and Zell are at it again. You know, the two that are always flirting with each other. The big guy, Livitz. A skinny one, Zell. Trooper Livitz, first name unknown, is a survivor of the outbreak, a resident of the Commonwealth, and serves as a soldier in the Commonwealth Army. All right, day 58, so not too much more. Um, Joan has added, Michael Cutlitz was in, thank you, season three of Buffy, episode The Zeppo. Oh, he played a reanimated corpse. Kind of ironic, because he went on to fight reanimated corpses in Walking Dead. Yes, 
I have been recently binging Buffy because that's kind of a comfort food for me. So I saw Zeppo a few weeks ago. That's great. Okay, 8.59. So we have stopped at trivia for this week's episode, and that makes it nice and neat to go to last episode's trivia at the first commercial break. So I'm going to go ahead, wrap this up, and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first break. Thank you for joining us. Okay, guys, it's 9.06, and we are at our first commercial break. Um, Jonah has additionally mentioned, wow, Eugene, how in the world did Eugene ever get himself a girlfriend with all his awkwardness? Listen to the princess, man. Well, you know, you remember the radio conversation that they had. Hang on just a quick second. Something is, again, going funny with the charging of the headphones here like I have been leaving them plugged in all week and traditionally they are ready to go but it seems like they are constantly not charged when I get here and I don't know what's going on with that but anyway Jonas said of course she disappears hope she's not ghosting him nice apartment though I think it's not that she's ghosting him I think she was supposed to Lead the conversation a certain way, and she's leaving because it's going to go poorly somehow. You know, maybe they want her to do something to Eugene that she's not okay with because he's a nice guy and she really does love him. I don't know. Some, some, some. We shall see. But anyway, it is 9.08 now, and let's go back to the trivia for last week's episode. Uh, you know, some of it. I share with you guys in the beginning, and then they add things because they don't want to reveal certain stuff because it's a plot point. So last week's episode was New Haunts, episode 10. It's the 163rd episode of Walking Dead ever. And they mention, as of this episode, Callum McAuliffe, who played Alden, has been removed from the opening credits. And you know what? I'm going to give him some applause. Alden was a cool character, and we miss him. All right, starting with this episode, Layla Robbins, who's Pamela Milton, is credited as a series regular, uh, listed under also starring. I am checking on the, what the heck? Uh, some kind of commercial, so we've got a tiny bit of time. Last week's episode marks Nadia Hilker's 25th appearance on the series. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Do I have time with Better Call Saul? It might be going back. Yeah, we're going back. I'll get to this part at commercial break number two. Okay, it's 9.13. We are at break number two. I did not get to mention that I opened with a 5.5 in last segment, as did Joan. And I am now going to 5.75. And Joan has mentioned that my memory is not horrible about Stephanie. Apparently, she was uh, nosing around in the Walking Dead wiki. And Stephanie is apparently Max, assistant to the governor. The one that Eugene is with is not the real one. Uh, Yes. Um, There were a couple episodes alluding to that when they first got to the Commonwealth. And Joan is also joining me at 575 for segment number two. So let's do trivia for last week. Um, I got some of this done. Let me go back down and figure out where I stopped. 
Uh, okay. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Weeks have passed since the Alexandrians arrived at the Commonwealth. They adjust to their classifications, their assigned jobs, and the oddity of making new friends. This is the second episode to feature Halloween after scars. Within the medical forms, and by the way, um, Joan, if I can impose one more time, if you can look up for me which episode was scars. I don't even know if it's actually Walking Dead classic. It's just something in somewhere in the mythos. Okay, within the medical forms that Carol searches through, Ezekiel's last name is revealed to be Sutton. For unknown reasons, Magna's line to Rosita, quote, this place is like a city from before where people who can't fit in get cast out, is shortened from how it appears in the episode's trailer with the second part cut out. This episode marks the first time that a U.S. president is mentioned in the TV series. However, the president was Pamela Milton's late father, who was a fictional U.S. president prior to the outbreak. It's currently unknown whether uh, when President Milton was in office. Considering his daughter's apparent age and his age in the painting, assuming it was done during his presidency, it's possible he was president during what is the real-life Reagan years. Perhaps even like Reagan was an older president. He had to have been roughly in his mid-60s to mid-70s. All right. There's a commercial ending, so I'm checking. No, no, it's not ending. All right. Let's go through the first appearance of a few characters. Last week was the first appearance of Pamela Milton, May, Celeste, Jake Daniels, Green, Thomas, Johnson, Hart, Quintana, Sally, Carrie, Alexa Park, Kat, K-A-T-Z, I apologize, Lewis, Murphy, and the first and last appearance of Mr. Milton in that painting. Um, Talking Dead's coming up next, and they may have revealed who's on it, but I'm still going to get to that shortly. Co-stars from last week, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Chiara Misawa as May, Commonwealth Youth, Michael Hansen as Jake Daniels, Commonwealth Young Adult, Luce Blackshear as Walker, Commonwealth resident in Ohio. The character is credited as Walker in New Haunts. And I'm waiting to see if this commercial... Now we're going to Paramount Plus now. And still in the commercial. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, first appearance of... Oh, no, co-stars. Brain Rivera Jimenez as Green, Commonwealth adult. Sharon Conley as Sally, Commonwealth adult. And Sean McCracken as Doorman, who's a Commonwealth adult. Uncredited. Seven as Dog. Micah King as Ezra. Autumn Azul as Aaliyah. Maya and Delaney Timber as Miriam, unknown as Coco Espinoza, Jimmy McAfee as an Alexandria resident who was a former savior. And now we are back, so I'll read you the rest at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 9.26, and Joan has gone to six. I, you know, I get, I think I will join you. So I'm going to six as well. And by the way, amusement that this Roman Calhoun really kind of gives me Breaking Bad vibes of some sort. Okay, so let's go back to trivia on last week's episode and finish up. 
Um, there were uncredited people I didn't get to. Three Alexandria residents, Mario Williams, Laura, Laura L. Anderson Weber, and Gia, G-I-A. That's their entire name. Lindsay Monahan is Hilltop resident, and Meredith Duffy Hale and Terry Joe Kennedy. And then Oceanside residents, Rachel Hernandez and Ember Brown. Uh, there were no errors or bloopers listed for last week. All right, cast birthdays this week, one of my favorite parts. Audrey Marie Anderson, who played Lily, Tara's older sister, March 7th in Tucson, Fort Worth, Texas. Al Vicente, the Mexican man in season three, episode 10, Survivors, March 8th, and he's from Chicago. Cooper Andrews, who plays Jerry from the kingdom, March 10th. He's from Smithtown, Long Island, New York. He's a Long Island boy. And John Reese Quiro, C-O-I-R-O, uh, who played Jed, Sa- uh, Savior Splinter Group leader. Birthday is March 12th, and he's from Santo Stefano in Aspermonte, Calibria, Italy. I hope I said those right. All right, we're still in a commercial. Let's keep going. Featured music from last episode, season 11, episode 10, New Haunts, Horror Go Round by John Rowcroft and Christopher Salt. That's what was playing on the loudspeaker during the Halloween festival. Also, Deal for Yourself by Faustus on the record player outside Princess's record shop. We are still in commercial, so let's keep going. All right, unaccounted for characters I've covered, and I'm not going to keep getting into it. Talking Dead tonight. Okay. Let's go to my notes. Abraham, a.k.a. Michael Cutlets, who's tonight's director, Eugene, Josh McDermott, and Fear Headquarters Twitch channel host, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. And let's give them some applause, and we'll see them at 10 o'clock. All right, we're still in commercial, so let's see if I have any further stuff I can squeeze in real quick. Um, discussion links, I'll pull out if we need them. Uh, no, no, no. Going down to the rest of season 11, episode 165 ever. Uh, season 11, episode 12, entitled All or Nothing next week. Writer's, writer is Vivian C. And director is Tanya McKiernan. And that will air next Sunday, the 13th. And we're still not back. So I'll read you the titles of the rest. I don't have writers and directors for any of the others. Um, 166-13 is Warlords. That's on the 20th. 167-14 is The Rotten. That's on the 27th. I don't have titles for 168-15 or 169-16, but that will be on the 3rd and the 10th. And are we back now? No, but probably soon. Uh, other upcoming shows on NDB Media, I'll squeeze those in while we're here. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger D. Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. And are we seriously in another commercial? That's a lot at one place. Now we're back. Oh, no, we're not. Uh, we probably will be in a second. It's just a teaser trailer. But that's fine. Um, Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the TV tantrum with Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they digest another night of TV. And we're still not back. Wow. Guys, that's a lot of commercials. Can you not spread this crap out? 
just a bit. 61st Street on April 10th on AMC+. Plus. Now we're back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it is 9.39. We are at break number four, not three. I misspoke earlier. Joan is at 65, and I'm going to join her. I do have a beef about the last segment when um, some of the soldiers with Mercer were fighting some of the walkers. Those walkers are ancient-ass, not-freshly-dead walkers, and they're so strong that they can fight with a living person. That's physically impossible because if they're decaying at the rate that they're going based on the looks of their skin, there's no way that their muscles and strength and all of that can manage a fight like that. It's they're starting to slip on how they portray walkers and just make, you know, it's in the script. It's just magically going to happen that way. Okay, guys, don't do that. Let's, let's see the walkers actually be the age they are. And these are not fresh ones. Okay, let's go back to the shows that are also coming up on NDB Media, and let's give some credit to our peers. Um, and I don't mean this to sound stuck on myself, because the next show is the other one that I do. It's the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, which is every other Wednesday. Uh, next show is the 16th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Uh, we don't have a topic for you right now, but we will have something good for you next Wednesday. Travel Itch Radio, um, the Thursday the 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, coming to crowded sports events, presents challenges of ticketing, parking, access, and accommodations, but not for those who sign up with Sports Travel and Tours, a Massachusetts-based company that sends groups to the Super Bowl. All-Star Game World Series, and Baseball Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, Yeah. Hear about its 2022 plans, including several trips to Cooperstown on Thursday, March 10th, when owner-operator Jay Smith visits Travel Itch Radio. Hear Jay describe how to get maximum mileage with minimum hassle at every major sports event and even an upcoming cruise. All righty. We are still in a commercial. So that's about all I have for that. It's 9.41, 15 minutes. We will be watching, well, a little over 15 minutes, closer to 20. Uh, We will be watching Talking Dead. And I'm going to go through some of the articles that I had saved for you guys, just in case we needed a little bit of stuff to fill in to talk. Um, This first one up that I'm going to grab, I don't know if I'll get to it before the break is over, uh, has to do with the Michonne... Portland possible connection. This was written back on Valentine's Day. Let's see. Comcast Business is a uh, trailer for fear. So I'm not sure how long that'll go. This uh, article that I have for you guys is from ScreenRant.com and Nicholas Raymond. And it's called Michonne Found Portland Survivors. Walking Dead Theory Explained. Understand that this is not a confirmed plot line. It's just somebody's musings. We have a commercial for... Oh, there's several things mixed in together. There's Picard and some other stuff going on. And I guess this is Picard Season 2 stuff. 
which I'm really enjoying. I, I have not actually watched it yet, but I've, I've seen the commercials and I've heard about it. Oh, come on. Good God. All right. Still in a commercial. Um, not. I'm kind of reluctant to get too far into the article, but since we're in a commercial for a second, I'll read you the first paragraph and see where we are. After going her own way, The Walking Dead's Michonne Denai Guerrero may have found the Portland community mentioned in Walking Dead World Beyond. For a long time now, Michonne's whereabouts have been a major mystery. Though her name has been brought up often on the main series, she hasn't been seen since the 2020 episode. And let's see where we are now. And we're still not back, but we will be soon. Because this looks like a trailer for a show. And it's all weird. I don't know what this is. Oh, wait. Is that Denai in the commercial? No, that can't be it. No, it's dark. Who is that? Okay, I don't know what this is a commercial for. It's very bizarre, but everybody's drinking. So I'm assuming it's a booze commercial. Drink, smart. Oh, Jim Beam. There we go. And now we're back. All righty, I'll see you guys at break number five. We're currently at 625 here. Thanks. Okay, guys, 9.52. It is likely this is the last commercial break before we switch over to Talking Dead. So let's see what we can squeeze in. Um, I'm going to stay at 6.25 for the moment. Let's see where Joan is feeling with it. Uh, She has commented that Princess doesn't know how right she is when she says you think you know someone but maybe never even met them. Yeah, that isn't foreshadowing much. Okay, so... Let's go back to the Michonne article, and let's see here. There we go. One season after Rick, Andy Lincoln, departed The Walking Dead, Michonne followed suit. She made her last appearance in The Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 13, titled What We Become, but it's been said that her time in the franchise isn't completely over. We all kind of figured that. It's commonly assumed that her return will happen in Rick Grimes' movies. As for what she's doing, Michonne is off looking for Rick somewhere in the United States. When she left, she didn't know the details of Jadis or Anne, um, Pollyanna McIntosh, training Rick to the CRM, but she was aware at this point that he was somehow still alive because, remember, she found that phone case with the drawings on it. Her off-screen journey in the Walking Dead universe could lead her to discovering the existence of the CRM, their plans, and possibly the location of their secret headquarters. All right, we're still in commercials. Let's keep going. We're shown as far from the only character on a collision course with the CRM. The Walking Dead World Beyond recently ended. Well, not recently now, a little while ago. But its main characters still have more fights ahead of them. The ending of the series revealed that many of the characters that escaped the base in New York are still committed to opposing the CRM and their goal. Several headed off to stop the Portland community from being massacred by the CRM. Looking at reveals made during Michonne's exit and World Beyond's final episode, a crossover of some kind may be on the horizon. Here's why Michonne may have linked up with Portland survivors. And again, remember, this is a fan theory. This is not official. Okay, at the end of what... Oh, there's Talking Dead and they're announcing you're seeing some of what's going on. And I did tell you who the third person was. At the end of what we've become, Michonne was headed north to a shipyard in New Jersey where Rick had supposedly been taken. Before she could get there, she saved two survivors from a zombie attack and joined up with them. As it turned out, Michonne's new t- two new companions were stragglers from a much larger group, and we did see a photo of that. 
Michonne found out there were part of a massive caravan marching across the countryside. Hundreds, if not possibly thousands of people were walking together towards an unknown destination. Perhaps in the interest of finding safety in numbers, she joined the procession. For the time being, not much is known about who these people are, where they're going, or where they came from. The only clue is the way they were dressed. Many look like cowboys, which I find interesting. And I I think is indicative as they're going to merge fear in with everything else. I think all three, everything is going to come together and the movies are going to happen. Uh, okay, back to the article. Earlier, there was some speculation going on around that Michelle might have found the pioneers some fear, but a much better theory has emerged. As noted above, Portland is under threat of attack by the CRM. Saving them became a new objective of Iris, Elton, and the Perimeter Group. Since World Beyond took place 10 years after the apocalypse began, their efforts to save Portland likely already played out in The Walking Dead's timeline. If they managed to evacuate in time, it's entirely possible they were trekking across the country at the time of Michonne's Walking Dead exit. All righty. Um, still in commercial. It's worth noting that the Portland settlement boasted over 87,000 members. With that in mind, Iris's group succeeding in getting a warning to Portland could easily explain the sheer size of the caravan Michonne found in The Walking Dead Season 10. Even just a chunk of that population surviving the CRM's attack could account for what Michonne saw. Furthermore, Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang did say on Talking Dead that the caravan was somewhere between Virginia, Alexandria's location, and New Jersey. If the Portland survivors left Oregon and traveled all the way to the northeastern corner of the U.S., it may be that they crossed paths. All right. Um, I was just looking at the commercial to see where we were. It would have been a long and grueling journey, to be sure, but with such massive numbers, it's hard to imagine much of anything being capable of stopping them. The caravan making it that far isn't unfeasible. If it did, Michonne may currently be in the company of the people the CRM tried to destroy. And we are back, so I'll see you guys at the end. I didn't finish the article, but that's okay. Talk to you soon. Okay, guys, it's 10.08. We are going into the Talking Dead. I'm going to end on 6.5. Jonah's ending at 6.75. At the very, very end, there is the real Stephanie. That was the lady that was lurking last time, and I really wish Eugene had killed Lance. I realize that that probably would have bit him in the ass, but I don't care. Jonah said, I have a feeling that once he gets over the emotional upheaval, he and the others would do a lot more than just kill Lance. I certainly hope so. I hope they kind of do something with the Commonwealth. But the only thing is, I'm getting aggravated with this trope of a nice, solid, and defensible place being run by antisocial fucking lunatics and getting destroyed one by one. It's like, can we not make one enclave that is run by somebody who's not a dipshit, please? Or is that the message of the show that we're really incapable of this? I don't know. Anyhow, I'm not going to finish the article tonight because I want to let you guys go so that you can watch, pardon my hiccups, The Talking Dead. And I appreciate you being here. Next week will be episode um, 12 of season 11. 
and I want to thank everybody who uh, joined us tonight, and also those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special thanks to our host, NDB Media, and we hope you will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thanks for joining us, and rock on. Good night.